Welcome to the first episode of Requiem for a Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a jolly good friend of ours, Robert Andrew Berdella Jr. Robert was born in a nice town of Cuyahoga, 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 Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. However, however you say that, you tell me. I don't, I don't fucking know. Don't care. All I know is it's some little town in, or big town, who knows, in Ohio. He was one of two sons. His dad, respectable man, religious man, worked for the Ford Motor Company. Mm-hmm. His mother, a nice little homemaker. She took care of the house, the kid, <laughs> made dinner every night, all that sorts of things. Catholic household, deeply religious. They went to Mass every Sunday. You know, some Bible studies. You know, you better get your ass to Bible study. Or we'll smack you with a ruler, that kind of thing, you know. Hell, I don't know. Shit. But Robert, despite being, you know, raised in this religious family, you know, respectable father, whatever, he was a loner. Rarely played outside. And he had a speech impediment. But the Biggest thing, the worst thing that he had going for him, which if you if you look into Robert Berdella, because everything I've read, it always brings up this one important fact over and over and over again, is that he had terrible nearsightedness. He wore these thick glasses. I mean, thick glasses, you know, fucking probably got called a nerd all the time. You know, that's got to drag him down. And that's a shame for a nice guy that he is, you know. And to top it off, his brother, who wasn't a junior, I don't even know his brother's name. Let's call him, let's call him Raybert. <laughs> you know, let's get creative with this. Let's call him Raybert. You know, you can comment on this, uh, hit us up and be like, you fucking idiot. His name was Jonathan. You know, well, whatever. We're going to call him Raybert. Raybert was athletic and he was clearly daddy's favorite, which made things worse. Because, which made things worse, because Raber wasn't a junior, you know? Junior was a junior. So that, that really pissed his dad off. He's like, hey, you're a fucking junior. Yeah, you got to live up to the senior's name and you're not because you're a fucking junior and you're fucking not doing it. You know, so he's got all this pressure. His mom's on him. You know, God and Jesus are like, we're Jesus and God, you know, we'll forgive you. But God damn it, you got to live up to the family name. And he's just not doing it. You know, he is not doing it. I mean, he gets good grades in school, but his teachers are like, well, that fucking Robert, uh, you know, he's getting good grades. But he's a fucking, so fucking hard to teach. I just wish some kids would be easier to fucking teach. You know, that's not Robert, you know, like probably 90% of the kids. It's probably not them. Robert. Senior's favorite pastime, though, was emotionally abusing the sons and having a little smack-a-smack, racket-attack, beating action with his favorite instrument, the leather strap. Now, I mean, this is the, this is like, you know, 60s, whatever. So, I mean, a little, little smackety-smack with, you know, fly swather, leather strap or belt or whatever. It's not uncommon at this time, so, you know. You know, maybe if this happened today, you'd be like, well, that's terrible. But back then, you're like, well, God damn it. How many beatings did you give him? That's not enough. You better give him a little bit more. All right. So that's what's going on with him. And in his early teens, 
Robert Jr., he was super gay. You know, he, he loved the duck. He was like, give me that exquisite erection. I like it. It looks good. It looks tasty. Pop it out of my mouth. You know, he was sucking on these things like they were lollipops. Actually, I don't think he was just yet, but he was gay. He briefly had a girlfriend. It was a cover story, you know. Back then, that's what you got to do because, I mean, in the 60s, I don't think, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't like it is today where we're like, yeah, cool, man. You do what you do. You, I don't care. You know, what is up? What do I have to say about that? You know, I can't, you can't choose who you are. And even if you can, who gives a fuck, right? It wasn't back then, you know, back then, you know, fucking Salem witch trials for this shit. You know, I'm speculating. I wasn't even born in the 60s yet. It took me another 20 something years later to do it. Right. So his father dies, you know, heart attack, 39. And uh, shortly after, his mom goes around playing the field of dicks, and she gets married, you know. And Jr. wasn't too impressed about that. He wasn't too happy. And he resented her for it and, you know, felt betrayed. He was like, you bitch, how can you betray senior leather strap daddy, daddy, yo? He was good for us. He worked at the Ford Motor Company. He was respectable. He was religious. He might have beat us, and I wasn't his favorite son, but for God damn it, you can't be doing that shit. Anyways, he resented her. Uh, JR liked collecting stamps. You know, it's just something he liked doing. I mean, I, I imagine it's not a surprise. I mean, he didn't play outside. He didn't have any friends. What else are you going to do? You're going to collect fucking stamps. It's the 60s, right? Collect stamps and shit, right? You have a whole fucking wall of stamps, man. I'm in a big old book. Look at these fucking stamps. This is a fucking 10 cent stamp. This is one cent stamp. The stamps from fucking Georgia. The stamps from fucking Cleveland. This stamp is from fucking motherfucking Japan, bitch. And he didn't talk like that. He had a little bit of a lisp, you know. And he was a little gay, too, so he had a little flamboyancy to it, you know. Uh, So, yeah, his dad died, beat him, you know, spanked him, whatever. But uh, then in 67, J.R. moved to Kansas City, enrolled in the Kansas City Art Institute. He had a little bit of art in him, you know. A little fond dignitary, you know, a little bit of art, painted papa right? And he had dreams of being a professor, so he had high hopes. He had a destination. I mean, looking at the picture of him, you know, he's got some longer hair, a nice fucking mustache. I mean, his mustache is thick. You know, if he wasn't, uh, if they didn't take the picture right after he was arrested, yeah, I could see him being a professor. Sure. Who would have known? He did the things he did. I wouldn't have guessed it. So he's at school, you know, at, and he started selling drugs. Built a reputation as a minor drug dealer. You have to imagine this had to have pissed him off. You got a reputation. Then you find out your reputation is a minor drug dealer. Like you're a little peddler. Oh, you little peddler drug dealer. You little bitch, right? No, you want to be a major drug dealer, you know? So he's like, I'm a major drug dealer, bitches. And so I'm sure that anger... And uh, not meeting expectations of being a good drug dealer led him to drinking a lot of alcohol. You know, so that starts down the path. The path of what? The path of fucking murder. So he had seven victims that he would kidnap, torture, rape, and kill. One got away. So six out of seven. So that's pretty damn good. Props, JR. I'm sure your dad would be impressed with that success rate. But maybe again, he might have been like, you son of a bitch. You're not living up to the name. One got away, motherfucker. And I don't know when he discovered this, but he discovered that he hated fucking birds. Because this motherfucker tortured a duck and a chicken. But he did that in the name of theater, so that might have made it all right. I mean, he put on a show in front of his peers at school, whatever. And, and I mean, he drugged a dog, too. But later on, he was arrested for selling meth to an undercover officer, you know. So I don't know how that's going to work as a professor now. And then a month after that, he was arrested for possession of marijuana and LSD. So this boy likes to get fucked up and party. 
But the charges were dropped because evidence went missing. And it makes me wonder, like, hmm. You know, I could see some, I don't know, I can't really see evidence go missing. But when it's marijuana and LSD, you got to wonder, what? why did they go missing? I'm like, okay, some, some, some cops got in there. And they're like, oh, fuck, man, we got some, a little bit of weed, a little bit of LSD. He's already been in a little bit of trouble anyways. Let's take it. Fucking splash this shit in each other's eyeballs and run around naked pretending to be Walker, Texas Ranger, riding a fucking dragon. You know, and that's what they did, I suspect, you know. I mean, there's no uh, evidence to it, but what else? What? There's no other explanation. That's the only way it could have went down. Let's be honest with each other. So a few years go on. He's in college still, and he drops out. And mainly because his teachers didn't get his art. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they couldn't. I mean, who can't see the art and torturing, killing, and cooking a duck? I mean, that's pure art, right? So after that, Jr. got a little bit of frisky, opened up a little bit about his sexuality. You know, he likes playing the field of dicks, just like mom. It's cool. Started hanging out with prostitutes, male prostitutes, drug addicts, criminals, runaways. But here's the kicker. Or so he says. Because he was trying to save these people, help them out. Get them to stop hooking, stop using drugs. I mean, he's an interventionist. He was a modern day interventionist. And, you know, I mean, he uh, assisted in South Park Hyde Park Crime Prevention and Neighborhood Association. Try to say that. Say it with me. South Park, Hyde Park, Crime Prevention, Neighborhood Association. So he's just with that. And then he even became the chairman. So, I mean, you've got this all around good dude, misunderstood, but good dude, all loving, doing neighborhood watches and shit. I mean, the dude's dedicated to human safety, value of life, you know, preventing crimes. For well, fuck's sake, you can't get any better than this, any clearer than this. So then he started chefing it up. I mean, he he worked for some good, some well-known chef or well-known restaurants and stuff like that. And he even assisted, uh, he got onto a chef's organization and assisted uh, with a training program for that stuff, you know, for future chefs. I mean, dude is making moves, all kinds of moves. You are not like some of these other fools running around here. You're doing things. You're making a mark in the world. So he also has his own business. It's it's on collectibles because he likes collecting things. His business is really at this point is just a, a booth at a flea market. But the name of it, which I fucking love. I love the name of this. Bob's Bizarre Bazaar. You know, Bob's Bizarre Bazaar. I wonder when he came up with the name. He's like, hmm, what should I name this? I should name this probably, hmm, see my name is Robert, we could call it Bob, everybody likes Bob, Bob's Bob's, because I'm going to be owning this, so it's Bob's, it's a flea market, bizarre, I'm fucking bizarre as fuck, so Bob's Bizarre Bizarre, so that's what he named it, and it just cut on everywhere, right, so now it's when all the fun, real fun starts kicking off, and it brings us to his first victim, which I like to call the dance contest that would never happen. So July 1984, one of the guys that he met, Jerry Howe, who was only 19 years old, well, he was able to talk him into letting him drive the dance contest, right? Well, the dance contest did not happen that night. Instead, he drove the fuck out of him. With alcohol, Valium, Asaprozine, Zizine, how do you say it? Asaprozine? 
I don't know how you say that shit. Uh, he, he just piled it on him in the car, got him back to the house, just kept drugging him down, drugging him down until Jerry went night-night. So now Jerry and JR, they're fucking getting ready to get frisky. You know, it's a long time coming because he's known Jerry for a couple of years now. But that was enough. Something JR always said was, Trank him and bind him. Trank him and bind him. He always said that shit. I don't know why, but he did. So for the next 28 hours, fuck this a long time, 28 hours, JR repeatedly drugged, tortured, raped, and played hide the foreign object in Jerry's bum hole. So JR was, uh, his fun finally stopped when Jerry died of asphyxiation caused by a combination of his gag, drugs, and vomit. Disgusting. The whole thing. After that, Jerry hung him upside down, or JR. Jerry's dead. JR hung him upside down, slit his main arteries, and let him bleed out. I don't know what he did to blood. He played around with it, rolled around with it, drank some wine. I don't know. Then he cut him up. Cut him up. He cut him up with a bone saw. B-b-b-bone saw. That's right. That's my saw. Right? So he cut him up. While he was cutting him up, he probably sang a little tune like, Cutting him up, cut, cutting him up. My name is JR. Cutting him up with the bone saw. Ding, 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 ding. I don't know. Put him in trash bags with other trash. Set him outside in the curb, and the trash man picked him up. I guess there were, they didn't feel, notice, or whatever. Any kind of odd shit, bodies, blood, nothing like that. And then went down to the dump yard and never saw him again. Naturally. So that was his first taste of blood. And goddamn, does that just sound horrific. 28 hours. Fuck that. Well, it wasn't until another year. So that first one satisfied him for a while. Probably the fact that he also had a fucking murder diary. Probably read that shit over and over and over again every night. Getting off on it. And he had pictures. He's probably just popping up with it. Pop, pop, pop. Every night, pop it, pop it, lop. Reading it, looking at the pictures, pop it, lop it, lop it. My name's Gia, and I'm a murderer. That's probably what he was saying. All right, so a year later, next victim, which I like to call a torture interrupted. This guy, slightly older than Jerry, 23. Now, I've read two different things on this, that he wasn't attracted to him, and he was attracted to him. That because he wasn't attracted to him, he didn't sodomize him. And then another one that says he did sodomize him. I don't know. Wasn't there. I can't can't, uh, find the diary. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Second one. This one's interesting. Robert Shelton. Initially, he drugged him with the intention of, quote, keeping him, unquote. I guess that's what he likes to call torturing for days is keeping him. Oh, you're mine. I'm going to keep you like a puppy dog. Drink you up. Do some nasty, nasty things to you. I guess that's what he was uh, doing there. But JR, being the good guy that he is, decided not to keep him and took Sheldon to the doctor because he was complaining from stuff from the drugs. Well, then later on, I don't know if it was a day or two later, uh, Sheldon got drunk and JR did what he did. He was like, you know what? I'm going to keep him. I'm going to keep him. He's going to be my new puppy dog. I'm going to keep them. And I trank them up. So he did. He drugged them up, sedated them, cranked them, cranked and bind. That's what he sells, right? And gagged them as he did. 
the last time. See, this is where I get the reports where he sodomized him and uh, tortured him. So this is where the torture gets crazy. So you got one that says rape, one that doesn't say rape. Did he RBTK the dude or did he just BTK the dude? Which makes you wonder, were J.R. and Dennis Rader buddies? I mean, they both have religious backgrounds. Both are pillars of their fucking communities. Did they get together for tea and discuss their exploits like a book club? A fucking murder club? It makes you wonder. I could see them sitting around, you know, a little coffee table, eating some biscuits and drinking some tea. And all of a sudden, Dennis says, Oh, yes, Robbie. I, too, like to bind and torture and kill. It makes me feel good that you do it, too. I know you add the RBTK to it. But just remember, I'm the BTK. It's a ravishing good time, Dennis. But it's fabulously marvelous, a wonderfully good time ramming a time bracelet into a man's bumhole. Fancy more tea, Dennis? You know, it goes on and on like that. You know, I don't know what they talk about. There was no transcripts, right? But it, it, it probably happened. Probably. Okay, so with Sheldon... He experiments with different chemicals and stuff. But here's the thing. He bound his wrist with piano wire. Like, fuck, man. You're going to tie me up. That's already fucked up enough. Now you're going to do it with piano wire? And he did it to damage the nerves in his wrist. So you're combining the binding and the torture in one swoop. Kill two bears with one stone. That's what J.R. always says. So J.R. tortures Sheldon by putting drain cleaner in his Fucking eyes, man. And then fill his ear with cock. Not the cock that you're thinking about. No, cocking. He probably probably got the idea because he was cocking the windows in the bathtub and was like, you know what, I should put this in someone's ear. And then he placed needles underneath his fingernails, right? Sick fuck. So, I don't know, it makes me wonder, the sedation, blinding, deafening, and damaging of the nerves? It kind of sounds to me like he was trying to dull the pain for, for uh, Sheldon here. Did he not want to feel the torture? Makes you wonder, was he just that kind-hearted? Maybe this is like the Art Institute all over. Jared's misunderstood. But imagine, and I want you all to think about this if you're having these urges. Imagine the career this jolly queen would have had working for the CIA. So, so if you are having these urges, before you get your own Sheldon, go try working at the CIA. Because internally, they might, they'll praise you for this stuff that you do. Whereas on the street, you know, it's not going to go over so well at all. So this torture lasted not for 28 hours this time, even though it was interrupted. No, this lasted for three fucking days, man. Three days of fucking sodomizing and torturing. Fucking crazy. But it was interrupted. Pesky roofer coming to fix the roof on the house. Must have slipped JR's mind. So that, that led to JR putting a bag over his head, tying it off with a rope, suffocating him. Dragged him up to the third floor bathroom. I don't know if they're on the third floor already. I, you'd hope so. That's quite a quite a ways to drag somebody. Cut him open again, drained his blood out, but this time he drained out in the bathtub. So I don't think uh, I don't think Jared kept the blood this time. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he swam in it later. Cut him up, did his whole butcher thing. You know, that's because that's what he is. He's a motherfucking butcher, bitch. And then... Buried his head in the backyard. Buried the head in the backyard. You know, it'll keep sick. Like I said, I keep referencing dogs. And he drugged the dog, but he didn't kill the dog. It makes me think that 
his spirit animal is a dog, you know. And we all know dogs like to rape, torture, and butcher people. And that's what he did, and he buried the skull in the backyard. Now next is, his next killing happened a little quicker this time. He's still 36. It's still 1985. This one's only a couple months later. Mr. Mark Wallace was doing some yard work from JR. Wallace took shelter in JR's tool shed during a violent storm. JR being the nice guy that he is, said, Hey, hey Wallace, why don't you come inside for a little while? We know, I know that the storm's probably scared you and I don't want you to get wet. I don't know why he talks like this. He has a different voice every time. It's kind of weird. Multiple personality disorder, maybe. So he invites him inside. Of course. What happens next? Rape, bind, torture, kill. Right? So that goes on for several hours. This time, just several hours. Because he dies of uh, asphyxiation. So he dies of uh, asphyxiation. JR cuts him up, dices him up, boom, boom, boom. Gets rid of him, right? Again, 1985. JR is just on a hot streak right now. Picks up a, an acquaintance. Somebody knows again. Old James Ferris. At a gay bar. Like I said, JR is living, in, living his life now. He's open to it. He, he's, he knows he likes a soccer day like a lollipop. That's okay. It's cool. Right? Again, drugs him, binds him, tortures him. So see, maybe we got to change it from RBTK to D. B-R-T-K, right? Drugged, bind, rape, torture, kill, right? Fucking acronyms, man. Fucking A. Again, same thing. Dispose them the same way. Now we're looking at about not quite a year. It's a little bit of a break. He's 37 now. Finds a guy named Todd Stoops. Old Stoopies. His name was Todd Stoops because I like to hang on the Stoops. No, that was his actual name, Todd Stoops. So Todd Stoops invited him back to his house. I don't know why everybody would want to go back to his house. But then again, he did look, didn't look too crazy. You know, like I said, he had that big mustache. So he drugs him and tortures him this time for weeks. Not just uh, 28 hours, not three days, but some weeks now. He's dragging it out. He's like, man, I need to really... Savor this. I need to savor this dog, right? So he savors it. Stoops. This time dies from blood loss, from the torture. You know, fucking JR went a little bit crazy with it. JR gets out the bones. Cuts him up, dices up. Does the same thing as before. Now, this is about a year later. Not quite. Almost. It's 1987. JR's getting a little, little old. Late, late 30s. He's 38 now. His friend, Larry Pearson. Larry Pearson. Oh, Larry, you're in jail. Let me bail you out of jail, Larry. I'll bail you out of jail. You want to come live with me? Because I know you just got out of jail. You don't got no place to live. So Larry comes back to his place, lives with him. And of course, JR does what JR does. He drugs him. He tortures him. He keeps him in his basement for six weeks. Man, he does this shit for six weeks. Larry Pearson's quite the character. Larry Pearson bit JR's penis. <laughs> oh, yeah, he bit it. He bit it good. He bit it with some chompers. So JR had to go to the hospital. Serves him right. That's what he gets. You're going to be 
raping and torturing a dude for six weeks, you're going to get your dick bit. It happens every time. You do it, and you better be ready for that. So, Bradella goes to the hospital. JR stays there for a couple days before he actually was admitted in the state. Went home, finished the business, suffocated Pearson with a plastic bag, went back to the hospital, stayed for a couple days, returned home, then disposed of Pearson's body. So, I mean, he knew. He knew, well, I got a job to get done, but I also need medical attention. So, I'm going to fucking quiet this motherfucker first, go back, get better, get my dick better, when I get my lollipop fixed, and then fucking dispose of the body. This is the second head now that... JR kept buried in the backyard. And when he did this, he's like, well, I can take, now that I got a head to replace this other head, I can bury this head and take old Sheldon's head and put it on display in my house, you know? <laughs> that way I can look at it. Look at it every night, yeah. So he displays this uh, Sheldon's skull and he's got the uh, Larry Pearson skull in the backyard. Now at the age of 39, it's an early March. It's brisk outside. It's still winter, but it's not quite winter. It's almost spring, but not quite. JR picks up a young prostitute, 22 years old, the name of Chris Bryson. Again, takes him back to his house. What do you think he does? Oh, he drugs this motherfucker. He tortures him. This time only for five days, but five days is still a long goddamn time. So Bryson, Bryson was quite the character. So he was tied up, fucking tortured. But Bryson uses his smooth lips to earn a little bit of Bedella's trust. And uh, JR ties his hands in front of Bryson this time. He's like, yeah, you're, you're a trustworthy guy, Chris. Um, you know, I like you. I'm keeping you, you know, you, you know. And I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to rape the fuck out of you, but I'm going to take care of you. So he does that. Uh, Bryson manages to find some matches nearby, right? I fucking Jar's getting fucking... He's getting a little sloppy. God damn it. It must be coming with the old age, but he's getting sloppy. So Bryson burns the fucking ropes and jumps out of the second story window. And he just starts running like he's the Flash, man. I mean, shit's probably going everywhere because his butthole's so loose. But he's running, 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 running. He's got his dog collar around his neck because JR likes to put the yeah, goddamn dog, dog collars around their necks. And uh, he gets help, gets to the cops, tells the story. And uh, what happens next? Goddamn police search JR's house. He find, finds his fucking murder diary, a ton of pictures, and... Fuck, JR, you're done now. So the crazy thing is JR initially had a bill set at $500,000. Because originally they arraigned him on seven counts of sodomy, one count of felonious restraint, and one count of first degree assault. So there was no murder at this case because they're just going off of uh, old Bryson. Bryson the smooth lips, right? But bail eventually got revoked because in the pictures, there was pictures of some of the dudes and they were dead. And while in jail, police were searching, found more and more evidence, like a skull in his backyard. And I don't know why they found the skull in the backyard first before the other dude's skull. Is if you look at the pictures, it looks like he had the skull in the closet. And it's like, you don't look in the closet first before you start digging fucking holes in the backyard. But hey, those cops do what they do, man. I don't know. I don't know. You got a canvas. You got a canvas there. Are you all right? Just shut up and give me a coffee. So now he's on murder for Larry Pearson, pleads to avoid death sentence. And then he gets indicted for uh, Robert Sheldon, pleads again, and then 
based on the confession for all of his crimes. So he confesses to everything, even though they, uh, they should have the fucking murder diary at this point. So by the, when everything's said and done, he gets first degree murder, four counts second degree murder, and he's sentenced to state penitentiary in Jefferson City, Jefferson City Missouri, four star rating for the rest of his life. But this is how fucking good he still is. You know how upstanding dude he is. He set up a trust fund in the amount of $50,000 for the family of his victims. I mean, his good deeds just never stop. He's always thinking about everyone else. And of course, like most serial killers, you know, they're they're blaming other people. So he blames the police and media for storting him and his crimes. You know, like, again, it's probably art. It was probably art to him. So he was in jail from, let's see, he got convicted. He finally got, you know, when he finally was convicted, it was December 1988. And he died October 8th, 1992. So, I mean, he was only in jail for Fucking four years before he kicked the bucket. So, I mean, you think about you going a little murder spree and only do four years of jail. <laughs> it's not that bad, right? But don't do it. Don't do it, you fucking sickos. And that's the story of Robert Andrew Bedella Jr., the Butcher of Kansas, a.k.a. the Kansas City Butcher, a.k.a. the Collector. Robert murdered six men. One got away. Fun fact about Robert, he was raped by a man he worked with when he was only 16. Also at 16, he watched the movie... The Collector, which was about a man who kidnapped a woman and her captive. He would later admit that this movie left a lasting impression on him. Who would have fucking thought? Who would have thought? In Kyoga Falls, Ohio, Daniel was born and became the Collector. Thanks for joining us for the first episode of Requiem for a Podcast. And don't you fucking forget, your fucking boom. Be safe. Watch out for them motherfuckers that always try to invite you in from shelter when you're just trying to get a little temporary shelter in the tool shed because they will fucking kill your ass every fucking time. Yeah, adios.